morning, everybody. Happy Fourth of July weekend. We hope that uh, you're having a good one so far, and I uh, hope that you are enjoying your freedoms here in uh, America, the greatest country in the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Well, we got uh, lots of folks kind of out today, but uh, the important people are here today. Amen. So we are going to stand and we are going to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. We're going to start with a little glorious day. I was buried, but uh, I came out of the grave. Can I get an amen there? All right. Here we go. Put your hands together. I was buried beneath my shame.
out of your grave. Amen. I am free to run. I'm free to dance. How many of you are loving your freedom today? Amen. All right, let's sing this about I am free. Here we go.
this morning? <laughs> Amen. Well, if you would, put a smile on your face and turn around. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. Let's fellowship with a little bit, and then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. invitation to everybody you know every uh, fourth of july weekend brother mike used to wear his flag shirt and i was told to really be true brother mike style i needed to wear khaki shorts and dress uh, dress socks and uh flip-flops amen uh, but i ain't quite there yet but brother martin's got his on in honor i got my own if, if you got a flag shirt on stand up so we can all appreciate it i'm gonna stand up and turn around so you can uh, yeah come on mine's all on the back here We salute you. All right, it is good to be in God's house. Uh, first of all, do we have any first-time visitors in the house today? We want to be sure and send you a, a gift if you if you are. So lift up your hand; they'll bring you a card. Anybody? All home folk. Oh, got one over here, brother. All right, there's one. Um, if you would fill that card out, put it in the offering basket on your way out. We're so glad you're here. Don't forget, every Wednesday got a full slate of things. We start with a Wednesday morning Bible study. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, donuts, if you bring them, and if you bring them, I will eat them. So uh, bring some donuts, all right? And uh, we will study the Word of God. Then we meet back again 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. We have a full supper uh, that Miss Mary and her crew fixes for us or somebody uh, that wasn't Miss Mary this last time. We appreciate everybody who takes a turn in cooking. And, uh, and then at 7 o'clock, we have a youth service, a children's service, and an adult Bible study. And the, uh, the building is usually full, and it's uh, controlled chaos. Some, some weeks more controlled than others, all right? Um, we always need more volunteers, especially during the summer. Hey, everybody look at me. Summertime, church don't stop. Do you understand that? Uh, I know everybody goes on vacation. I'm not the type of preacher who, who's going to tell you don't take a vacation. You deserve a vacation. Take one. Go have a good time. But when you're not on vacation, be in the house. Amen. We're still having church down here every Sunday. And uh, life still goes on. Ministry still goes on. So guess what? Uh, even more so during the summertime, we need more help to fill in the holes, all right? Because there's always holes every week. So if you can help uh, with children and nursery, you can see Miss Cindy or Miss Ginger. Y'all raise your hands over here. If you can help volunteer, give them a break. Uh, everybody needs to be recharged. We, we just did a Bible study uh, in Sunday school, 
And we talked about how Jesus had to get up on the mountain and get away and recharge his batteries. Well, guess what I'm telling you? If the Son of God needed to recharge his batteries, it's most likely you need to recharge your batteries, which means these two ladies don't need to be back there every week, amen? They need to be able to recharge their batteries, so uh, help them out, volunteer there. We also uh, always need help on our cleaning crew. If we have a full crew, it's a once-a-month commitment. Uh, if we don't have a full crew, then that makes it harder on everybody. So if you can uh, volunteer for that, uh, see Miss Kate. Miss Kate, raise your hand back there and uh, so we can keep a, a full crew, and uh, you only have to do that once a month. Uh, don't forget, giving can be done uh, here in person. Uh, we have envelopes over there. You can give cash or check, but you can also give online now. It's at giving.landmarktyler.com, and uh, it's a one-time setup, and then it's very easy after you set it up one time. Don't forget two of our most important ministries for the summer uh, where a lot of kids get saved. Teen Camp, July 18th through 22nd. You can see Brother Martin if you want to sponsor a, uh, a teen to go to camp. Uh, we don't ever let money be an issue. Uh, any kid that wants to go to camp, we're going to make sure they get to camp. And it'll come out of the church budget. So if you can help us out on that, that definitely uh, to helps us do that. All right. And then VBS at Landmark August 3rd through the 6th. You can see Miss Cindy over here if you'd like to volunteer. Always need lots of help. Uh, lots of kids. We always see lots of kids come. Lots of kids get saved. And lives change forever and, and ever. Amen. Amen. So uh, do that. Uh, put all those dates down. Uh, life recovery class. We are going to meet today, even though it's July 4th weekend. Uh, you know, none of the recovery ministries stop just because it's a, a holiday. In fact, uh, they, they purposely don't take holidays because they know holidays a lot of times are triggers for people who are in recovery and who are a recovering addicts. So uh, if you need to go to celebrate recovery, uh, I take part in that and, uh, and help them out at Green Acres every Monday night. You can do that. We have our life recovery class um, uh, that meets here every Sunday afternoon. There's many opportunities. Friendly Baptist has one that meets on Tuesday nights. I think there's another one on Thursday nights. So, uh, so if you're in need of recovery, and quite honestly, we're all in need of recovery. We're all addicts of some kind. Amen. If you've got sin in your life, if you've got a sin, uh, then uh, we're, we're, we have an addiction to it. Amen. So if you want to see more information about that, see me or Brother Terry. All right. Okay, I think that is everything. Let's stand again, if you would, and we are going to continue to worship. What can wash away my sins? Hello. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's sing that together, all right? Here we go. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again nothing but the blood of
wanted to include this song that talks about mine eyes have seen the glory. And, uh, of course, we all know the chorus, glory, glory, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to give Chris a little bit of time here to put the bass on. And uh, we want you to sing it with us. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And I don't believe at any time in history has that been more true. We are close to the coming of the Lord. Amen. We are looking for the rapture of the church. Again, to quote Brother Mike, I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. Amen. And uh, so I believe we are close. And uh, never has it been more important for you to give your life to the Lord, for you to live your life for the Lord, because I believe time is short. I believe that the Lord is coming back for us, the rapture of the church. Amen. And so uh, you don't want to be left behind on that. Uh, you don't want to experience what the tribulation has to offer. So it's never been more important. If you need to get right with the Lord, do that today. Don't leave this place without getting right with the Lord. Amen. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Oh, glory, glory, Oh, glory. 
Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, that uh, God, you are truly, your truth is marching on, our God is marching on, no matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what happens in the future. God, whether you come back today or tomorrow or 20 years from now or 30 years from now, Lord, it doesn't matter because, Lord, we are going to live our lives for you until our very last breath. I pray that we would run the race and that we would run the race well and that, Lord, we could stand one day and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for our freedoms that we celebrate this weekend. And, Lord, I pray that you be with Brother Martin now as he speaks Holy Spirit, just speak through him the message we need to hear, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated, and if you have children for Children's Church, you can send them over there to Miss Cindy. Here you go, Brother Martin. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, so we'll get set up here. Um, let the little ones go hang out. So uh, the scripture that I'm going to use this morning and I'm sure some of you are probably very shocked at the title of my sermon. Uh, but I don't know that you could preach on anything else on a day like today. But the scripture that I'm going to be using this morning is John chapter 8, verse 31 through 37. So John chapter 8, verse 31 through 37. So while you turn there, I'm just going to tell you a little story about this beautiful shirt that I'm wearing here. Now, I know you guys are probably tired of me talking about a shirt, but was it Memorial Day? Memorial Day. Uh, and those of you that have been the landmark a while, you always knew that Brother Mike was going to wear some sort of very colorful American shirt. And, and I, I was just, I was really just missing him that day. You know, it's just one of those things. And I'm sure most of you that had a, a personal relationship with him, there's just times you just miss the man. You wish you could just go by and talk to him or something kind of goofy like that shows up, you know. David Burke sent me a picture um, that day of him wearing a shirt, and it was like a T-shirt. It had a big bald eagle right here, and then it was decked out in, uh, in red, white, and blue. And so he was in his khaki shorts and his, his socks and his loafers that, that he wore. I don't know if that's the right term, dress shoes. I don't know what you call it. But... I sent that to his family, and they were so thankful to receive that picture. And so I kind of almost, you know, as a child, he was my father in Christ. As a child, I kind of made fun of him a little bit in my head, always wearing those somewhat goofy shirts to me at the time. And then when I got to missing him, I'm like, well, I want one of those shirts. And so I just came up here, and I just did announcements. I laid that out on heart, my heart out to you guys. Rusty texts me one day, Brother Rusty texts me one day, hey, what size do you wear? Extra large. He said, okay. Didn't hear anything about it for several weeks. Then he comes by and he said, hey, I got you that shirt. I'm like, what shirt did you give me? He said, I got you a flag shirt. I said, all right, that's amazing. He said, but let me tell you the story behind it. He said, I was working down in Houston, and he's like, I don't ever stop anywhere on my way back. I'm driving down the interstate going 70, 75. He says, I see this little bitty Cabela's on the other side of the interstate. He said, so I go ahead and veer off, and I do a U-turn. I go in. He said, I walk into the store, and I walk up to that shelf, and I see that shirt. Extra large. I texted you. He said, I look around. I don't see anything else. I didn't buy anything else. 
He said, but I just knew that I needed to go to that store for a reason. And he said, the reason that I went to that store, I never do that, was so I could buy you that shirt. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> so this shirt does have a neat story behind it. Um, it feels really, really good. I really thought about wearing, you know, some khaki shorts and some dress shoes and some dress socks. But then I thought the <clears throat> more distinguished people in this church might be upset at me. So I decided not to. So, according to popular belief in America and our government, do you trust them? In our government, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, July the 4th, is Independence Day. On July the 4th, 1776, Continental Congress declared that 13 American colonies were no longer willing to be subordinates. They were no longer willing to be in bondage to the monarch or the king or the royal family of Britain, and they made a declaration on that day that we are now independent states, we are now united states, and we are now, as of this moment, no longer in bondage to you, and we are free. Amen? Amen? However, for those of you that don't know, my birthday was yesterday. And so I've always had this, I don't know, connection to this time of the year. Because my birthday, there's always been fireworks. There's always shows. There's always something to do. And so I'm like, you know, people ask me, when were you born? I was born Independence Day. I fibbed a little bit. But fun fact and we know this because there are letters. There's a guy named um, uh, James Adams, not to be confused with his uh, second cousin, Samuel Adams. Y'all are familiar, some of you, with Sam Adams more than John Adams. John Adams, he makes beer, for those of you that didn't get it. John Adams wrote his wife, Abigail Adams, and if you've studied any kind of history, you know Abigail. So Abigail gets a letter from John that he wrote it on the third day as he's riding in his buggy. And so he sends the letter to his wife and he says, we just did something amazing yesterday. Something awesome. Something that will go down in history, will be remembered forever. It will be celebrated. There is something that we did yesterday that will be one of the most memorable events ever. And John Adams was correct. They actually signed the Declaration of Independence on July the 2nd, 1776. My birthday would be 203 years later. I think, if I did my math right. So, I really was born on Independence Day. They just didn't declare it until the 4th. So, we celebrate the declaration, not the signing. But to me, the signing is more important than the declaration. Amen. So, now that we have our history lesson out of the way, the vision that these men had, the vision that these forefathers had some 200 years ago, and the desire to no longer be in bondage to a monarchy, to no longer be a bondage to somebody that was across an ocean, to no longer be in bondage to Britain, Americans enjoy 
the fruits of that vision, the fruits of what they wanted, not only for themselves, but for their children and their children's children and their children's children. Amen? And so let's go to our, let's go, let's read our scripture first and then we'll get into the rest of it because I'm going to refer back to my scripture here in just a minute. So John 8 verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you know this, but that is a whole lot of uh, a, a whole lot of uh, theology there, and there are some truths in those verses right there that should make us want to jump up, shout, and just be Pentecostal this morning. I know we're not going to do it, but we should. So. Back to the forefathers. The forefathers had a vision of being a free country. They had a vision of men living free. They had a vision of us having some sort of rights. And a few of those rights I'll cover with you. One of them is the freedom of speech. Did you know that in America, you can go and say whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say, however you want to say it, and you cannot get in trouble because you are covered by the freedom of speech that those men gave us so many years ago. Now, I didn't say you had to be right or it had to make sense what you wanted to speak. You have the freedom to be the biggest fool you want to be if that's what you choose to be. Amen? And you are protected. The freedom of assembly. If there's something that you do not like, if there's something you do not agree with, and all you have to do is go down to a major town, eventually Tyler will become a major town, and if they paint the sidewalk blue, then somebody's going to be protesting on the corner because they should have painted it gold, amen? There is always protesting going on in America. Why? Because that's one of the freedoms that we have. We have the freedom of assembly. Big one here, freedom of religion. The forefathers wanted everybody to decide if you wanted the doorknob back here to be your God, you could go build it a little altar and you could worship your doorknob all by yourself if you wanted to. Again, it didn't say it had to make sense. You can be the biggest fool you want to be, but you have the freedom to do that. Amen? Nobody tells you how to worship. Nobody tells you what you should believe in. Everybody in America can believe and worship how they see fit. The freedom from cruel punishment and the right to a fair trial. Some of you are like, Brother Martin, do you really believe the courts are fair? Absolutely not. <laughs> but if you were in Russia right now trying to get a trial, you would rather be here trying to get a trial than anywhere else in the country trying to get a trial. 
So again, I'm not saying this society is perfect. I'm not saying America is perfect, but you try going somewhere else and trying to have some of these freedoms. The last one, and I'm not sure where you are on the whole gun issue, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I am for it 110%. I wholly believe the day that they take, a, take the way for us to have the right to bear arms and keep arms in our household is the day all the other freedoms go away. How do I know that? I can read books. I can read history. I can look at society. I can look at other countries. One, one trip where I was in Mexico with our girls and the men and everybody, uh, I walked up to this dude at a park in Venezuela, and he had a family all huddled up in this little board shack, and he comes up to me. He's asking for money. I'm like, uh, yeah, I got a little money. All of a sudden, he starts telling me a story. Venezuela used to be one of the greatest countries in the world. There was nothing that we lacked for, but then they took... Our Second Amendment's what we would call it. Then they took this, and they took that, and they took this. Eventually, I had to flee that country because I was standing in the line for days to try to get bread. And he's like, don't you ever let America take the guns away from the people. The reason we exist is because these forefathers had the ability to keep guns and weapons for their protection from a tyrannical government. Amen? So, I know, I know. Go ahead, go ahead. One thing you cannot call me is a liberal for sure. <laughs> call me a lot of things, but. So, yay. America, land of the free and the home of the brave. I know this is going to be a shocker to a lot of you, but I was actually not born American. I was not born free. I was born in bondage. Now, how, 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 do, you, how do you mean, Brother Martin? Oh, I know, I am Mexican. Shocker, I am Mexican. And so, these freedoms that I just mentioned, when I was born, a lot of them were not available to me. They were not just given to me because of where I was born. These freedoms did not apply to me. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you that literally when I say I was born dirt poor, I was born dirt poor. Our house was an adobe hut with mud, dirt floors, all that good stuff, no running water, no electricity, none of those things. I mean, just as poor as you can be. And really, there's times that I reflect on my life and I, I, I almost wonder, like, how, like, my life trajectory, because millions of people are born just like me, but they're not here just like me. My trajectory in life should have been, by the law of probability or numbers, should have been different. Amen? But bless God, I was born to an amazing earthly father. Bless God, I was born to an earthly father that loves me and cared for me and my brothers the way my godly or heavenly father cares for me. For those of you that don't know, my, my, my father's name is John, just like the book of John. My father's name is John. He was the oldest of 13 kids. Now, I was born poor. What was he born if he, if he had 12 younger siblings and mom and dad? 
He doesn't talk about it much. We don't really discuss it all that much. You know, I have one of those families, I'm a man. We don't talk. Feelings. We may one day, but we're not quite there. We're a lot further than we were. There's times when he has shared that being the oldest, you're always the last one to get anything to eat if you're lucky to get anything to eat. He shared many times that, you know, you get a little bean juice from the beans that everybody else ate and the bread, that's all you get. So bless God, I had an earthly father. My earthly father knew young in his life that the thing that he was going to do, the mission in his life was that he would sacrifice his life so that his sons could have freedoms that he never had, so that his sons could have a chance in this world that he never had, so that his sons could have the ability or the freedom to be whatever they wanted to be without anybody encroaching them and telling them you're not good enough you're not here it's not possible he knew that he had to bring his children to America my father started coming over here at age 14 some of your parents here can you imagine that age 14 your your child decides I'm gonna go thousands of miles away I'm going to cross this border. There's going to be people that don't like me. I'm going to have to find a job, teach myself how to read, how to write, how to do anything and everything. Now, and again, I don't care where you stand on that whole deal. Those of you that, oh, do it the legal way, all that stuff, you're ignorant. Sorry, I hate to say it, but you are. You just don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about because I've lived it. I know what I'm talking about because I have family. Amen? I know what I'm talking about because it's part of my story. So my father started coming over here at 14, and in 1986, bless God, he was able to bring my three brothers and myself and my mother over here, and we, instead of being poor in Mexico, we're poor now in America. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Being poor in America is not as bad as being poor in Mexico. Not by a long shot. So... I was very, very, very blessed that I had a heavenly father and I had an earthly father that their thinking both matched up. And they both said, before I knew you, before you were in the womb, before you were even thought of, before anything, this is what we wanted for your life. We wanted you to have freedoms. We wanted what was best for you. And we were willing to do whatever it is that we needed to do in order for you to live a different life and be blessed more than anybody else in this world. Amen. I was blessed enough to have an earthly father and a heavenly father that both agreed on Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, my son. I know the plans I have for you, my daughter. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And they are plans to give you a future and a hope. If my heavenly father does not bring Jesus down on the cross, we don't have that hope. If my earthly father does not decide before he knows this is decades before he knows he's going to have children. He says, I've got to do this so that my children can have a future and a hope. Amen. I am so blessed that my heavenly father and my earthly father both have the same thinking. 
And so when we look at our scripture this morning, when we look at our scripture this morning, you would think, okay, 1986, Martin starts second grade over here at Wise Elementary. He's in America now. Everything is great, amazing. Life is just going to be beautiful, correct? This is what, the, this is what these people in our scripture, if you go back to verse Let's see, what verse are we looking at here? 33, read verse 33 with me. It says, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? I am now in America. I am now an American citizen. I now have these freedoms, and how can I? I I'm free, right? I have it made. Wrong. There is a, another freedom. Another freedom that's, that's coming. There's another freedom that I'll be introduced to. And, and these people in our, in our passage of Scripture, they're justifying, Jesus, we do not need what you have because we are descendants of Abraham. He's my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. No, grand grandfather. He's my great-great-grand-uncle. Because we are descendants of Abraham, we don't need to be set free. Because I am in America now, I don't need to be set free. And so in verse 32, Jesus is warning the people. Let's go back to verse 32 and says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus wants those that are listening on that day. He wants those that are there listening to the words coming out of his voice that, hey, you may have certain advantages because you are children of Abraham. Hey, you may have certain advantages because you were born in America. Hey, you may have certain advantages because of some circumstances, but I want you to know that the only way that you will be free is by me, and I am the truth, and that's the only way to be free. Amen? Let's go verse 34 and 35. It says, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Jesus is throwing out some more spiritual truth and reminding them that they are sinners, reminding them that they are slaves to sin, and therefore being slaves to sin, they are not free. And then he goes on to say, somebody that is a slave to something can never be free, can never stay in the house forever, but a son of mine, a daughter of mine, they are free indeed, and they will stay in the house of the Lord forever. But if you deny that somehow you're, you're not tied to sin, if you deny those things, then guess what? You won't be in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? And so, yes, I was in the greatest country in the world. Yes, I have all these freedoms that are going on, and it wasn't until I was 27 years old, and it wasn't until some man that would pop his teeth out and freak you out and, uh, you know, look at you through the bottom of the top of his glasses and all those things that taught me what the Bible said that I could really understand what it meant to be free. See, I had another father coming that would teach me something that I needed to know, and that's my father in Christ, Brother Mike. That's why we're wearing these shirts for Brother Mike. Also, because it's America's birthday. Let's not forget that. But that's why I'm wearing my shirt. I, I, I remember him. I already talked about that. But 
the day came when I had the freedom of speech. I had the freedom of assembly. I had the freedom to bear arms. I had the freedom for a fair trial. I had, the, I had all those freedoms. But I wasn't free. I wasn't free because I was still in bondage to this three-letter word called sin. I was still in bondage to something that I didn't understand. But Brother Mike came into my life in August 27, 2007, August 26, 2007, after church service, he pulled me over to one of the pews there at Landmark. I see it in my head, and he asked me, are, are you, are you going to go to heaven if you die? I hope so. <laughs> you know, usually when, you, when, when you're not saved, you kind of sheepishly like, ah, I guess so. What are you basing it on? Well, I'm a good person, Brother Mike. I hope to do enough good things because I've done too many bad things. And then the, the, the scales will work out in my favor. How confident are you in that? Whew, I can feel hell on my bottom. Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I sure do. Do you mind if I show you what the Bible says? No. I'm going to have you read it. But I want you to read, I want you to read Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Whew, you're a sinner, boy. I sure am, Doc. Romans 6.23, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Martin, did it say on there through how many good things you're going to do? No, sir. Did it say how good you're going to be? No, sir. Did it mention anything about you and you being good enough? No, sir. What did it say? Through Christ Jesus our Lord, it is a gift through him, the one and only way. Fireworks going off in my head. This is what I've been looking for to be free. Then he goes Romans 10, 9 through 13, and I'll just sum that one up for you because I don't have it memorized yet. But basically, you confess with your mouth, but you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. You ask him to forgive you of your sins, and he will save you and forgive you of your sins because God's not a liar. And if he said he was going to do it, then he's going to do it. You ready to pray with me? Am I? Yes, sir. And I can tell you that, that day, I had 10,000 pounds on my back, and I was weighed down, and I was in bondage, and I was at the end of my wits, and I, I didn't know where to turn, what to do, where to go, because I tried everything, and it wasn't working. And when I knelt down and I prayed, the person that got up was free and free indeed. The 10,000 pounds was gone. The bondage was over. Everything made sense, and I was free from everything. Amen. If he can do it for me at 27, he can do it for your grandchild at 39. If he can do it for me at 27, he can do it for you at 74. There is no time limit on that. Do it on this side of heaven and you will be free indeed. And there's a couple things that I want to remind us this morning. I could stop right there and everything would be great. There's a couple things I want to remind us about freedom this morning. 
In verse 32, the Bible says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. That's verse 31. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What's going to set us free? Uh, free the truth what is the truth Jesus says I am the truth see I've always thought of the truth will set you free that somebody lied on me and then they tell the truth and then I am free no Jesus is saying I am the truth if you read my word you will know that I am the truth I am the one that's going to set you free so while I'm studying for this sermon I'm like oh my gosh Jesus is the truth In the Bible, in his word, what chapter 31 says, in his word, the Bible teaches us that there's a creator. And it says that the heavens declare my name. Nature speaks about me. If you just take a look outside, dummy, you will see that there is a creation. And if there is a creation, then there has to be a creator. And the creator is Jesus Christ, and the creator is the one that can set you and me free. Amen? That's the truth. The Bible also tells us in, that, in, in chapter 31, many other places, that the word, this book right here that is collecting dust on most of our shelves, this book that we throw around all the time, this book right here, the gospel message is a story about Jesus. The Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus, saying the man that can set us free, the one that can give us freedom, he is coming. He is coming to set us free. And the Old Testament is looking back and saying, he has set us free. I'm no longer in bondage. I'm no longer a slave because he has set me free. That's the truth. Amen. The other thing is the Holy Spirit. Brother Martin, I gave my life to Christ and every time I do something bad now, I got this bad feeling. That's the Holy Spirit, dummy. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go so that someone greater than me can come. See, Jesus was limited by being in the presence of the people that were in front of him. The Holy Spirit has no limitations. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is in Africa. The Holy Spirit is in Russia. The Holy Spirit is what helps us when you fall back into bondage because just because you are free doesn't mean that you won't fall back into sin. Brother Mark says anybody that's that says that they don't enjoy sin as a liar, or you're doing it wrong, because sin is fun. That's a true statement. And we get off on these tangents where we feel like, like somehow God's not working for us. And the Bible says, the truth says, that the Holy Spirit will come and help you. He will be your comforter. He will be your guide. He's the one that takes us out of this bondage that we put ourselves back in. There's bondage from going to hell, and then there's bondage from being active in sin. Amen? And you and I, because of the Holy Spirit, the truth is we can have both. How far does our freedom go, Brother Martin? What is the extent of our freedom? Verse 36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The first word, free there, it's a picture 
of the master coming to the slave or the person in bondage and taking their chains away and letting them go free. The second picture is, is, is somebody that is born free. They never were, they're born into freedom. God says, I take you from that which you are in bondage. I set you free. But when I look at you, you were never in bondage. I see the blood of Jesus. I see that you are white as snow. I see that you are free indeed. I don't look at what you used to be. Amen. I don't look at where you failed. When I moved to this country, I was free, but I was born into bondage. I had kids. Well, I didn't have them, but you know what I mean. I have two beautiful girls. They are born here as citizens. Nobody ever questions, where did you come from? They were born here. That is a picture of the two different types of freeze here. God says, when you are born my child, I no longer question what you did, where you came from, what's going on in your life. You are free, and I don't see your sin anymore. Amen? The extent of our freedom is our sins are forgiven. The wrath of God that we deserve, the wrath of God no longer has a hold on us. Brother Mike used to say we, we deserve to be in hell with our neck broke. That's what we deserve. But God says, my wrath that you deserve is no longer going to be that wrath. You are free of that. You are free of condemnation. Yes, your mom may bring up what you did 20 years ago. Yes, your husband may shame you for what you did two weeks ago. Yes, people are going to bring up and condemn you and you're going to feel dirty and you're going to feel like you're not good enough but the freedom of Jesus Christ says there is no more condemnation in me I see you and I say my son I see you and I say my daughter I love you I'm not here to condemn you I'm here to love you we're delivered from death. Death lots of sting because of the freedom that we have. Death has no hold on us. And hell, you can charge it with the squirt gun and you will win. Leave the squirt gun at home. It's still, you're going to win. Amen. Hell has no hold on us. And I've touched on this, but we're delivered from the power of sin. I didn't say you're never going to sin again. I said, you're delivered from the power of sin. You are no longer, I am no longer under the law. I'm under grace. And grace is a hard concept because we want to pay a price. But God says, no, 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 no. It's about relationships, not about rules. I want a relationship with you. We talked about the prodigal son this morning. And the kids were, at first, was like, oh, that guy's bad. And then I've, I've, I told them about the father's point of view. They're like, oh, my gosh, I love my parents. Why? Because a father and a mother will always love you no matter what you do, no matter what's going on. You will not, you live under relationship, not rules. And we're delivered from the power of Satan. The Bible says that Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible teaches us that doesn't apply to us. We can have freedom from that. Are you going to fail? Absolutely you're going to fail. But what you do from there, you're free. You just have to be willing to tap into the power that's already set you free. So to the extent of our freedom is absolute. You've got absolute freedom. 
The extent of our freedom is complete. You have complete freedom. God didn't say you're on level one, now work to level two, level three. He said it is complete, it is finished, it is done. And the last thing, your freedom, my freedom is eternal. It is eternal. It goes on forever and ever and ever. And if you get tired, add on one more forever, amen? It goes on and on and on. The last thing I want to remind you of, I'm reminding myself of, is freedom does not exist without sacrifice. Freedom does not exist without sacrifice. In 1776, 56 men, on July the 2nd, 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence. Out of those 56, nine fought and died. Out of those 56, 12 lost their homes. Out of those 56, two lost sons in the war, and, and one had two sons that were captured. If you look at your history, there are some that were rich and wealthy, and they had it made, and they could have kept on serving the crown of England or the crown of Britain, and they would have had great lives. But in they, they gave up those freedoms, they gave up those rights, and they exchanged them to die penniless, penniless and broke on the street because the British government destroyed everything they had. Freedom cannot exist without sacrifice. These men were lawyers, they were merchants, they were plantation owners, they were men that were educated, they were men of means, and by signing that Declaration of Independence, they were given up that security, and they were given up their lives and their fortunes. And since then, over a million countrymen and countrywomen of ours have enlisted to the military, and they fought war after war after war, and they've given the ultimate price with their lives so that you and I can walk around in our shirts, amen? So that you and I can be free. By that same token, I know as a pastor, Brother Mark over here, Many of you that have done ministry, you sacrifice for this. There's lots of people that are going to heaven because Brother Mike sacrificed family time. Because Brother Mike put going and, and, and visiting somebody above going and watching his son play ball. There's sacrifices that I've made in ministry. My father sacrificed his life for one purpose so that his sons could have a chance in this world. My oldest daughter, you know, she, she was valedictorian a couple years ago and she got up and gave her speech and she asked me to help her with it and she thanked her grandfather and her grandmother and said, this is full circle of the sacrifices that you were willing to make of leaving your family, leaving your home, leaving your language, leaving everything so that I could have an opportunity 
And both my girls, just tell you, they're at the University of Austin, and I'm very proud of them. But many times we drove by that university. I'm first generation, so we drive by this university. It's amazing. It's awesome. I always had a love for this place because to me, that meant that you had made it. You, were, you had arrived. But in my head, somebody like me doesn't make it there. Somebody like me doesn't have a chance. And so then to see my kids accomplish that is amazing. It may not mean anything to you, but I know the sacrifices. I don't like crying up here. I know the sacrifices that my parents had to make, that we had to make, in order for those girls to be free, to be whatever they wanted to be. Now, the cost of our spiritual freedom, the cost of our spiritual freedom was the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross at Calvary. It was there that he gave himself as a ransom for all. For all. It doesn't matter if you believe, don't believe, you worship the doorknob. He died for all. Amen. He gave his life for all. It was there that he became, and I used to love when Brother Mike used this word, it was there where he became the propitiation for the sins of the world. He used that word all the time, never thought I would, but it sounds pretty cool. It was there that Jesus became the propitiation for the sins of the world. It was there where he took the sins of the world on himself, and he became the lamb that would wash away the sins of the world, that so whomsoever shall believe in him can have everlasting life. Amen. It was there that he was wounded for our transgressions. It was there that he was bruised for our iniquities. It was there that with his stripes we are healed. It was there where he took sin upon himself so that you and I could take grace and mercy upon ourselves. In Christ Jesus, slaves are made free men. In Christ Jesus, bondage of sin is broken forever. In in Christ Jesus, death loses its sting. In Christ Jesus, the flames of hell are put out. In Christ Jesus, there is life, there is liberty, there is freedom forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And again, when you get tired of forever, amen. That's good stuff, isn't it? Brother Martin, I salute you. I feel like I should right there, amen. That's good stuff, amen. I want to tell you that the Lord, uh, man, he loves you. He has given you freedom. And as Brother Martin has so eloquently said, freedom is not free. For those of you who are growing up in this culture, uh, you have a culture that's trying to tell you that uh, you don't need these guns because nobody has to fight. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all live in a world of peace? And can I tell you that Jesus addressed that. Jesus addressed it and said, there will not be peace until he takes over. As long as there is sin and evil in this world, you and I are in a battle. 
Now, you and I are in a battle, and that battle, freedom is not free. People have had to fight. People have had to die. And until the day that we get to be with Jesus, there, it's a battle. Amen? And it is not free. And people have given the ultimate the sacrifice to give those freedoms to you and to me. And I want to tell you, as, uh, as Americans, we need to be thankful for what we've done, for what's been given to us. But I'm here to tell you, folks, uh, it's, it's unraveling. It's unraveling. We need to pray for our country. Repentance is what our country needs. Because the minute that they took our allegiance to the flag out of the school system, what began to happen? We began to breed a whole generation that was losing that fabric. When they took away our declaration and our allegiance to our Savior and we could no longer pray in schools, what began to happen? That fabric began to unravel, starting with that generation, getting worse and worse from generation to generation to generation. Amen? So you and I, man, tomorrow, it's a wonderful day. Tomorrow, it's a wonderful day. Have fun. Celebrate your freedoms. But I'm here to tell you, you need to give thanks to God. And you need to pray to God for your country. Spend some time tomorrow praying for your country that we would repent, that we would turn back to the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Amen. That's what we need to do. Tomorrow, spend some time. Have fun, but man, spend some time praying for our country uh, because these freedoms that we enjoy now, if we don't fight for them and if we don't turn for them, they could be taken away from us, couldn't they? And I don't want that to happen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe you don't have that freedom this morning. I want to give you an opportunity as always. If you would say, kind of like what Brother Martin said when Brother Mike asked him, uh, are you going to heaven? If it's anything but I know I'm going to heaven, if it's a I hope so or I hope I'm good enough, that's not good enough. Amen. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. If it's anything but Jesus in that answer, it's not good enough. It is by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. So if that's you today, you would say, I've never nailed that down. Today's the day. Nail it down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pray this prayer with me if you need to. Or if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Every head, every, uh, every head bowed, every eye still closed. I wouldn't want to embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. Did you pray that prayer today uh, as a, for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment? Would you lift up a hand so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm going to ask you in just a moment. Brother Chris is going to play lightly back here. But I'm going to ask you if you raised your hand to just come forward and just uh, recommit yourself to the Lord or say, Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer for the first time today. I'm giving my heart to the Lord. I want you to make that public. If you need somebody to pray for you, Brother Martin will be on this side of the stage. I'll be on the other side. And we would love to pray for you. If you just need to come and pray here at the altar, you can do that. Uh, if you need to come and join the church, now is a great time to do that. Father, have your will and your way in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. If you would, Brother Chris is going to play lightly. And you come to the altar as you need to.
You may be seated, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking the time. I know there's certainly a lot of other places you could have been this weekend, July 4th weekend. I appreciate your faithfulness of being here. Hey, I want to introduce to you, uh, some, of, some of you know him, uh, but I do want to introduce I want to give you a chance to come by and just shake his hand, telling you, Luke, come on up here. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, this is Luke Wells, and uh, this is uh, Brother Buck's grandson, amen? It's a big old boy, amen? I need a stepladder almost up here, brother. <laughs> but Luke comes today to recommit his life to Christ, and I want you to be able to encourage him and just uh, shake his hand, tell him you love him, you're praying for him. Uh, if you were here Wednesday night, his uh, lovely wife Hannah uh, got baptized. She got saved and got baptized uh, Wednesday night. And so they're coming really as a family to just recommit themselves to the Lord. And, uh, man, we just uh, thank you. Pray for him. Pray for Brother Buck. And just there, uh, you know, uh, Brother Buck, he, uh, Luke was telling me this morning, he's, he's getting weaker and weaker. And he is on his transition from, from this life to a better life. Amen. Uh, but it's hard. It's, it's hard on the family and the rest of them. Amen. So uh, we, want, we love Luke and his family and Miss Suzanne and all of them and uh, his dad Don and just want to pray God that uh, God would just uh, uh, help all of them amen as they uh, go through this hard time this transition so uh, in just a moment we're going to dismiss and I want you to bring uh, come by and just tell Luke you're proud of him that you love him okay and uh, man we're so glad that you're here I felt like we needed to kind of end in a special way today we all wore these flag shirts and everything but uh, we need to just uh, you know I, I made mention of it we need to uh, give our allegiance uh, to our country, our allegiance to our Savior, because that's where our freedom is. People died to give us those freedoms. So I wanted to end today by just standing. If you would face the American flag, it's right over there in that corner. And I wanted us just to end today by pledging our allegiance to the flag. Say it with me if you would. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen god bless you guys you're dismissed come by and tell luke that you love him that you're praying for him amen brother